Old preachers used to starve me to death with water on the pulpit. I'd get as a kid, I'd get thirsty, and the old guy just drink water and slang sweat. What a wonderful music we have, and what a wonderful day we've had together. I'm telling you, we've had some wonderful services the last few services. Um, the men met for breakfast, and we got it poured to us there. I mean, we had uh, had a good meeting there. Brother Terry Fessler, last Wednesday night, did one of the finest jobs of uh, speaking on Barabbas. Brother Terry, God bless you. And uh, <clears throat> I, I appreciate Brother Terry uh, for that. And then Brother Mike today did a great job. Amen. Amen. Well, my sermons are sort of like a stick of bologna. It's the same all the way through. You just cut it off where you want to. <laughs> and uh, so we got other things to do tonight. But thank you, whomever asked me to preach. Thank Brother Mike. It's, uh, it's a wonderful thing to get to preach Hillcrest Baptist Church. And what a wonderful time of getting together around God's Word. String Bean, the classic country music comedian and banjo picker. A few years ago, uh, got robbed and passed away. But in his act, he would always say that he had his billfold on his heart or his heart on his hip. I want to talk to us tonight about the heartbeat of God. Haven't you seen sports figures that we're all about getting out there and doing the job of playing football or basketball or whatever else. But there were those in the crowd, in the group of players that somehow or another didn't play like the others. And you wanted to say, bench that sucker because his heart's not in it. One of the things I believe that we see today in some churches perhaps most of them, is that their heart is not in it. You see them going about the motions of meetings and greetings and eatings, but as far as reaching a lost and dying world, their heart is not in it, and their budget reflects it. We'll pay for everything. We want to have the shiniest bus in town, the shiniest hubcaps in town, don't we? Yeah. And we'll pay for them to have the shiniest hubcaps on that bus. But when it comes to giving baby bottles and things like that, we don't want to spend the money on that. Where's our heart as a church? Preachers, where is our heart? Is it in carrying out the great commission of Jesus in Matthew 28? 19 and 20. Where is our heart? And sometimes I ask myself, Rob, where's your heart? Remember when Jesus called you and your heart was tender and your heart was after souls and you had a warm heart. Our churches are like ice houses today. Need to put on the front of them instead of Baptist church or whatever church, put ice house. Cold as a possum's tail. No move of the Spirit, just cold and different. Beloved, we'll never reach a lost world with dry eyes and cold hearts. 
Where is our heart tonight for this community and for this world about us? I want to talk to us tonight about the heartbeat of Jesus. Where is the heart of God? It is in the ministry of Jesus. It is in the mission of Jesus. It is in the words of Jesus. It is in the Holy Scripture. It is in the magnificence of Jesus. There's where the heart of God is. We ought to be after the heart of God tonight. We ought to be all in, beloved, to do what Jesus had to, said for us to do. And I have dozens of Scripture, just hold them. But beloved, we're sort of like, the, you heard the conversation about the pig and the chicken. And the chicken said, well, breakfast, they were discussing breakfast. Breakfast is nothing to it, the hen said. Just lay an egg and breakfast. The pig said, well, no, 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 it's more to it than that. For you, it's just a day's work, but for me, it's total commitment. Breakfast is total commitment. <laughs> you know, the cause of Christ is total commitment. In Judges chapter 7, we have the story of Gideon and the 300. Thousands and down to 10,000, and we find God's instruction them that Lap the water just right. All we need is a chosen few. All we need is men and women sold out to Jesus. And all we need is the approval of God to find the heartbeat of God. He is there in the words and ministry of Jesus. We cannot get away from the heart of God. Livingston, it is said, that on his tombstone, where he was buried in Africa... Here lies the heart of Livingston. He had a heart for Africa. He had a desire to see them saved. Douglas took Bruce's heart to die and put it in a little box and held it before the troops that were losing in one of the crusades. And he said, here is the heart of Bruce. Who will go after it? We can look thousands of years back and see the cross of Calvary and where the heart of God was and the propitiation for our sins, the forgiveness of our sins. And we see the heart of God being poured out for God did so love the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Not only the quality but the duration of it. We want to find the heart of God. We look at Calvary. And hear the beat of Jesus' heart, dying for our sins, ignominiously tortured for our sins. Jesus died for our sins, and we see the heart of God who loved us before we were born. While we were yet sinners, God loved us. How do we have the heartbeat of God? We understand the heartbeat of God is that which reaches folks that are lost. Evangelism, but also discipleship. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and follow me. Take up his cross and follow me. Seems as though the church today is like the group of hippies that were on the side of Grand Canyon. And they were making flowers while folks were running off, with, off into the deep canyon, never Maybe their body to be recovered. Seems like the church is making 
paper flowers instead of carrying out the Great Commission. Well, revival costs too much, preacher. You know, our budget just doesn't go for that. All of that. Rather that, you remember the little girl that fell in the well in Texas and they spent everything they had getting her out. They called out every emergency person and every kind of outfit and finally reached Jessica out of that hole. Nothing was spared to get her out of that hole. And we put a money figure on reaching someone for Jesus when they spend all of that and they should have to get her out of that hole. Folks are in holes today. They're in spiritual holes. In church, we never should put a dollar price on reaching those that are in a spiritual hole. That is the heartbeat of God, is to comfort, to love, to reach, to redeem. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? Maybe you ought to be beached. <laughs> Maybe you and I sometimes... When folks see us carry out the Great Commission or carry out our Christian life, what's wrong with him? His heart is not in it. We preachers know preachers that heart's not in it. Well, I'm just hanging in here till my pension kicks in. That's, you know, I've heard him say. And our heart is not with the, the, the tears and the compassion of Jesus. We hear Jesus' heart. We hear the heart of God when he's crying over Jerusalem. The passion that Jesus gave. He shed tears over a city. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, I would have taken you in as a mother chicken does her little brood, her little chicks. And you would not. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. When's the last time we cried a tear for someone outside of Christ? We see the heartbeat of God in the compassion of Jesus as he cried over Jerusalem, as he wept. We see the heartbeat of God as he cares about our everyday life, as, he, as Jesus wept over Lazarus. Sometimes we think, well, we're just obscure out here and no one cares. Sometimes we think, no, not even God cares. But over Lazarus, Jesus wept because his friend Lazarus, not because he had died, but because he had to retrieve him back from that place of comfort and rest. You see, Jesus wept over his friend having to come back and deal. Did you know you never hear any other word about Lazarus? I don't know why. Some of these other preachers may know. Looked like having come back from the dead, he would have been an evangel for Jesus. But we hear nothing else about Lazarus after he came back. Livingston loved Africa and we love souls as he did. It's easy for a church to get derailed in its mission but if we will stay attuned to the heartbeat of Jesus to his mission and to his ministry and didn't incorporate his methods Jesus simply went where people were and he went where they were hurting is your heart in where you're teaching in Sunday school 
Is your heart in what ministry you're in, in the church? Is your heart in your membership at Hillcrest Baptist Church? I hope so tonight. You see, from the high ivory palaces of glory, the heart of God sent his only darling son to die for our sins, to die for those terrible sins of ours. You know, when we present the gospel to the world, surveys show recently that people do not find fault with Jesus. They find fault with us and find fault with our churches and the way we do things and the way we live our lives. Folks are not down on Jesus. These preachers know they're not down on Jesus. But they certainly can find fault in us because our heart is not where it ought to be. We need to have the heart of Jesus. His mandate is Matthew 28, 19, and 20 to go to all the world and preach the gospel. If we want to feel the heartbeat of Jesus, it's reaching the lost. It's reaching those that are outside of Christ. It is reaching out in a missionary way, an evangelistic way to those that are lost. Heard about the little girl who, who had a new pastor and he, he preached on rescuing the perishing and they sang the song, rescue the perishing, care for the dying, snatch them from pity. From death and the grave. And after the service, the little girl went up to the new pastor and said, Pastor, I understand that you preached on rescuing the perishing tonight, but when are we going to do it? When are we going to do it? She said, reaching the perishing. The motive of Jesus was love, John 3:16. If we want to find the heartbeat of God and his motive, it's love. Oh, love that will not let me go is a song that we used to sing in old church. It is a song written by a man who lost his lover, abandoned him. He came down with a great illness. They were about to be married. And she found out from him and from the doctor's report that he would not, never be normal and, or he would live a short life. And so she broke off the engagement and she said, I don't want to live with a man that's going to have an illness and I, I'm just not going to be married to you. I don't, I don't want to get into that. And he wrote that beautiful hymn we've sang in old church a long time. Oh, love that will not let me go. Did you know the motive of Jesus, the heartbeat of God, is a love that will not let us go. It's an unrelenting love. It is a love that keeps on sequentially loving us even though we don't love him. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us while we didn't love him. If we want to see the heartbeat of God and have the heartbeat of God, we need to love like Jesus loved we need to have the compassion that Jesus had. We need to hear his mandate, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creation, every creature. We need to look in the scriptures, the holy word of God. The Bible says the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Here in the Old Testament, a schoolmaster to the new, we find in Judges 7, where Gideon chooses by the direction of God these men that drank water like they ought to. 
You see, they were brave. They were fearless. They understood their opponent. Do you catch what we ought to be doing? We ought to be brave. In a world that's dark and mean and full of the devil, we ought to be brave. We ought to be fearless. Our God's bigger than any booger man ever was. And Gideon chose by God's grace and leadership those who would win the battle. We don't need many men, mighty men, that drink water just right. Be fearless. Be faithful. Hear the mandate of Jesus. We see it in his ministry. Every time he touched someone, every time he, he encountered someone, it, we, we see the heartbeat of God. This is what God's all about, and this is where we ought to plug in. Well, when he's seen hungry folks, he fed them. Yeah, right, preacher. When he saw starving people, he fed them. And when he saw hungry and hopeless, people like a, a group of sheep without a shepherd, wandering and no direction, he reaches out to them. And he calls on us to have the heartbeat of God and reaching through the ministry of Jesus. Let me brag on Jesus and I'm about through. We see the heart of God in the magnificence of Jesus. Nobody like him. Aren't you glad that the Lord is unique, the only one like him? He is the son of God. He is the light of the world. He is a bright and shining star. He's a lily of the valley. He's God all by himself. What a magnificent savior. You look at Buddha, sort of like, I've got a figure, sort of like Buddha. <laughs> I've got a flattery mirror. But you look at Jesus, they find no fault in him. And did you know Jesus wasn't too handsome? Oh, oh wait a minute, wait a minute. He's like a root out of dry ground, the Bible says. You ever seen a dry root out of a ground that was pretty? That no man should desire him. But he was still magnificent. Amen. He was magnificent in his origin. Before things were spoken. Before the stars were flung into space. And before the moon and the sun began to shine. He was. How magnificent our Savior. It's not a man we follow. It's not someone with faults and it's not someone with, that we can find fault in. It's not someone we can criticize. He had no guile. He had no sin. He was perfect. The magnificence of Jesus. If you want to see the heartbeat and feel the heartbeat of God, oh church, look at the life of Jesus. Magnificent. Magnificent. The darling of glory. I like to brag on Jesus because... He loved me so much. Well, where's your heart tonight? It is in, it is, are those things that you possess, the accoutrements of life, is your desire in, in those things? Is your, 
Are you tied up in, is that where your heart is? Can your heart be where it ought to be when you skip church all the time? Uh-oh. Is your heart where it ought to be when you steal from God the tithe that belongs to him? You bunch of thieves. You know what happens to thieves? Will a man rob God? The Bible says. How will he rob God in tithes and offerings? We'll buy something from Sears and Roebuck, show us the world, and skip our tithe. There's too many deuce in the quarters bought out here. That's a Buick, by the way. With God's money and God's tithe, I was preaching at Second Baptist one night, and I got unhung. Oh, man. Those 200... Wonderful black folks there, Second Baptist here in town. And I said, them deuce in the quarters in the parking lot been bought with God's money. Up until that, I'd got, mm, go on, brother. <laughs> and when I said that, the pastor said, Preacher, you got the right royal corn. Keep hoeing, keep hoeing. <laughs> the heart of God... Our heartbeat ought to be what God's heartbeat is. I know we mature into that. I know that we, that we do that. I, how do we get the heart of God? Through the scriptures, the reading of the scriptures. The Bible is full of ways. Jeremiah 24 verse 5 through 7. Matthew 9 verse 35 through 38. Luke 9 23. Luke 9, 59 through 62. It's easy to see the heart of God in the life of many of you, in the life of this church. It's not so other places, folks. they just dead as a rock. But I praise God for Hillcrest Baptist Church have always for its uniqueness in having the heart of God. But I say this to all night, all of us preachers and all of us, that we have the heart of God. There's much that could be said about the heart of God. Do we really want to know the heart of God and the will of God? If we do, we'll ask him and he'll give us that compassion that Jesus had when he wept over Jerusalem. He'll give us that insight into his ministry into his methods and into his motives of love we'll find the heart of God in his magnificence of behold him John the Baptist said behold the Lamb of God magnificent Jesus well there's a lot of wonderful things I could say if I had more time, but I'm going to quit off. Heard about the Indian who was signaling, smoke signaling his lover. In the early days of the atom bomb in Nevada, he was on a peak over there in Nevada and he was giving a smoke signal. Ah, me love you. Poof. Poof. 
And all of a sudden, the United States set off its first nuclear bomb, and you know what that looked like? A mushroom. You could see it if I were off. He said, hmm, me wish me said that. <laughs> a lot of things I could say, I wish I said, may not can say. But I want, I want the heart of God. 